Hey, Pastor Brian here. I want to thank you for tuning in to Rockhouse Baptist Church Podcast. I hope this message inspired you. I hope it encourages you to fulfill God's purpose for your life. Now, for today's message. Good morning. Good morning. As your pastor here at Rockhouse Baptist uh, Church, I'm so thankful um, for the many ministries that's going on and for the hearts um, that God has prepared. I really am. Uh, this morning in Sunday school, uh, it's, it's kind of funny. It's not funny if you're in the Word a lot. You see how God just aligns His will through everybody in, in, in God's people. And we read from Psalms 31, I believe, this morning. And I just want to read three verses from Psalms 31. And that's going to set us up for this prayer um, series. Now, I did not read Psalms 31 before I got here this morning. So don't think uh, that I planned that. God planned it. So if you've got an issue, uh, go to Him. Psalms 31, verse 3. For you are my rock my fortress. You lead me and guide me for your name's sake. You will free me from the net that is secretly set for me. That's the world. For you are my refuge. Into your hands I entrust my spirit. You have redeemed me, Lord, the God of truth. Amen. Doesn't get no better than that this morning. Um, so, before we get started, let's go to the good Lord in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this crowd today in person. Thank you for this crowd online. God, heal our land, heal our nation. Lord, when we learn to surrender and hit our knees, that's when we're going to see a change. Lord, when we fight with prayer instead of our hands and our words, but our worship to you, Holy Father, then we're going to see a change. Father, may we see Jesus this morning. May there not be a soul not leave here today and not know the love of Jesus Christ. Father, pierce the hearts of the ones who are lost. God, I pray that there's nobody that leaves here today without salvation. And it's in your most precious name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Well, uh, this sermon series is going to be really fun. I'll just be honest with you. Fun means challenging sometimes, okay? Just going to be honest. Our sermon title this morning is, and it's a tough question, Do You Really Want to Grow Up? Now, I don't mean grow big and strong like Mountain Man or Greg. That'd be great, too. I'm still waiting on my second growth spurt. I haven't hit it since eighth grade. Although, I've hit a wide one, right? No comment, Sophie. Thank goodness they're having a clothing giveaway because I'm pretty sure I just made my pants holy when I, while I go. <laughs> uh, Pulpit is no place for that, but pray for me, okay? Somebody said that means you need to get, get a bigger size, and I said, thank you very much. <laughs> but this sermon today is about prayer. The next six, well, really seven weeks is about prayer. You want to know how to change things? Prayer, amen? Prayer wholeheartedly with God, seeking after Him. It's one of my favorite things to talk about, and it is our most valuable weapon as Christians. Ephesians chapter 6, look at it if you don't believe me. Paul talks about it. But we're about to take a 40-day spiritual campaign. Now, I know the word campaign is close to your heart, near and dear. 
but we need to take a 40-day spiritual campaign. Amen? Amen. Over the next 40 days, I want to see our church. I want to see you. I want to see me. I want to see everybody I know grow spiritually more than they've ever grown before. But there's a question that has to be answered. Do you really want that? Do you really want that more than anything? If you could have one thing right now, what would it be? Hopefully it would be Jesus Christ. And then the next thing, what would it be? Lord, heal our lands. There's no unity. Father, we've all turned away from you. No, there's one not righteous. We know that. But Father, we want to turn it all over to you. Now, I'm going to tell you, you're going to see a breakthrough in your life. I'm not trying to prophesy. I'm just telling you the truth. If you'll go to God for 40 days, and we're going to talk about it a little more, 10 minutes or more, we're going to get in depth, then you're going to see a breakthrough in your life. I can promise you that. I've seen it myself. But there are, or is, are, there are six laws of spiritual growth that we have to hold on to as we study. Okay? So, step one. I hope you got your pencils and your pens and your papers ready and you're a good note taker. If not, I'm going to call you out on about step four. Okay? I'm going to give you three steps to find one. Okay? Step one, we grow when we feed on God's Word. Man, thank you. We grow when we feed on God's Word. Your personal and spiritual growth is part of God's will for your life. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4 says this, It is written, Man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. God doesn't want His children to remain spiritually immature. You may have grew up big and strong, but are you spiritually mature? What a tragic thing it would be for someone to come to Christ, to give their heart to the Lord, and then be baptized, but then in turn never grow in knowledge, never grow relationally, never grow spiritually, never grow emotionally, controlling my emotions. If we don't grow close to God the Father, the Bible talks about spiritual milk. God doesn't want you to stay on spiritual milk. In order for us to grow, though, into the people that God wants us to be, the mature people, we have to develop good spiritual habits. They are essential for our growth in Christ. We're going to give you those today. The whole sermon series is really wrapped around Ephesians chapter 4. I didn't give you any scripture because we're going to really be bouncing everywhere. But Ephesians chapter 4, when you get time, uh, study on that. Verses 13 and 14 says this, and the Apostle Paul writes, Until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into a mature man with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. That's how you are measured, by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children, tossed by the waves and blown around by every kind of wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness and the techniques of deceit. Folks, do you see a lot of that right now? Do you see a lot of the human cunning and techniques and trying to get our youth to believe a certain way and, and think about the world as opposite of what God created it to be? It's out there. It is so out there. But our first action step is this. 
We have to teach each other and pray for each other to grow on God's word daily. As your pastor, hear me out. I beg and I plead of you to spend time with God daily. I'm looking at everybody in here and myself. Spend time with God daily. I don't care if it's 10 minutes, 15, whatever. You have to have that relationship with God if you want to make it through what God <laughs> has planned for you in, so you can reach the fullness of Christ. Think about it this way. What kind of health would you have, all of us have, if we only ate a big lunch breakfast buffet at 11 o'clock on Sunday? What kind of health would you have the rest of the week if you didn't eat anymore? You wouldn't be ripping your pants when you bend over, I can tell you that. It would be poor. You would have poor physical health. Having said that, your spiritual health is the same way. If all you do is come to church at 11 o'clock on Sunday to get your cup filled up and think it, it ain't going to run out by Wednesday. Let me tell you, folks, the devil is out there and he's after you. You better fill that cup a little bit at a time each day. Amen? That's what you have. God's Word is what we have to stand on. And that's it. There's nothing else. I encourage you to eat spiritual food every day. That's God's word. That's praying with God, spending time with God. Imagine God being right there with you. Even better, imagine yourself being like the lady who washed his feet with her hair. How humble in spirit she was. Christ says something about that on the Sermon on the Mount. Acts chapter 20 verse 32 says this. Luke writes and he says, And now I commit you to God and to the message of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all who are sanctified. I want to ask you this morning, after you read that verse, think about that verse, meditate on it. Wouldn't you want God's blessing in your life? If you could have one thing in the world, Lord, give me your blessing, right? I want to go to heaven and I want to live an abundant life with Jesus Christ right here, right now, not change it in any other way. I would want Jesus. Some people in here are asking, well, how do you get that? Is it as easy as just coming to the altar and praying? Well, glad you asked. If you come with a full heart, ready to turn it over to God, Scripture says right here, you have an inheritance. That means a blessing. The same inheritance he has for Jesus Christ, you will be in Christ if you come and you pray. You can pray right there at your seat. doesn't matter. But the Word says that it will build you up. It will build you up. Here's some tough news this morning for all of us. God has some gifts that he wants to pour on you, that he wants to give you. God has a gift for you. Some of you already know your gift. He's still got more waiting. But here's the thing. Just like parents, we don't go buy the really nice, fancy stuff right away for our immature child, do we? Because they're going to do what? They're going to tear it up. God's waiting for us to grow up. He's waiting for you and I to grow up a little bit spiritually so he can give us the gifts that he has for us.
Now, if you got your pen and your pencil, write this down. We grow in many different ways. We grow by hearing God's word. You've got step one down. Reach around and give yourself a pat on the back. Amen? God's got a plan for you. Whether you're in the nursery or whether you're um, as old as me, let me say it like that. He's got a plan for you. We've got to hear God's word. We've got to read God's word. We've got to study God's word. Don't just read it for words on, the, on a page. Study it. How do you get smart? You think about it. You pray about it, you think on it, you meditate on it, stew on it, as they say. You memorize God's Word. You want to be able to combat what the Word says? Memorize God's Word. Put it in your heart. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, a little bit more in just a second. And then lastly, we got to do a better job of applying it. Every Sunday I hear, we need to do this, we need to do that, and that's how we do it. Well, let's do it, right? Let's do it. What are we waiting on? What are we waiting on? Dan needs me. I need Dan. Kathy needs Gary. Stephanie needs Sophie. Look around. You need each other. Check on each other. Pray for each other. And I apologize. I'm trying to get to all hundred of you. It's tough. It's tough. I promise it's tough. But there's no excuse. I should do it. Okay? I should do it. Praying for everybody here. It's important that you be a good note taker, and here's why. Not just of the Word, but of everything, anytime you're in Scripture. Studies show that 95% of what you hear this morning by Wednesday in 72 hours, you're going to forget. <laughs> forget my ink pen. Pastor's calling me out. Stew on it. Study on it. Go back and listen to the message. I don't want you to be great on Sunday and on Wednesday go right back to the merry clay, as, as uh, David says. I want you to be riding high with Jesus Christ. That way when the, the valley comes, you remember. You remember who saved you. You remember what he done for you. Look at the cross. It paid a big, big price that you and I could never pay. But God loved you enough that he would send his only son to that piece of wood right there behind that screen. Let me say this. Your action step, and I challenge you because I'm going to be there. If I have to Facebook live it in our group, I will. Ten minutes a day with Christ. If you already spend 15, make it 25. Whatever it is. Get up in the morning thinking about him. Go to bed thinking about him. At lunch, think about him. When you're having a difficult conversation with somebody, don't think about the person. Think about what God would want for that person. That's how we counsel people. What would God, what does His Word say? Step number two, we grow and we learn in different ways. Would you all agree that we're all unique? Amen. My wife's not up here to uh, throw that out there. Um, but she can tell you I'm pretty unique. Cammie worked with me for about six months. She can tell you me and her's different. I'm different from a lot of folks. Um, but you know what? I still need prayer. I still need you all. There's not one person that's the same as another. <laughs> i tell you how important, i tell you how unique we are, and this is not on the sermon, but I looked at Dan here. I said, Dan, we trying to schedule a softball game. I said, Dan, uh, man, forecast says it's bad. He said, you know, 
I check the weather, I open up my door and say, ah, I probably need to cancel the game today and go back out. Some guys playing, some don't. But here's the thing. We're all different. <laughs> it's important that we try to learn and stew on new things. Luke chapter 3 verse 18 says this about John the Baptist. I hope we all understand who John the Baptist is and what we're doing when we talk about John the Baptist. As he was teaching, Scripture says this, Then along with many other exhortations, that means many other teachings, he proclaimed the good news to people. Why did John use different styles of preaching? Because we all learn in different ways. That's why I say it's important to be a good note taker. It's important to know that there's people who don't listen. I'm one of those. There's people who don't really like to read. I'm kind of one of those. It's important to know that there's people who don't like to focus all the time. That's okay. They're called men. And that's, that's me, and I understand that. But that's why it's important that we learn in different ways. How many agree with that their fella learns by doing, right? Yeah, I can tell Greg over here, he's like me, he's probably never read a direction in his life. He probably just goes for it. We tear it up and we go on. But please, 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 when you're in Scripture, let it be more than just 10 minutes of passing time. Let it be 10 minutes of praise. It's another reason why I believe that we should all be in a small group of some sort. Be a D group, be a Bible study, it doesn't matter. But you need to be in fellowship with five or six folks, two or three, doesn't matter what that looks like, that you can trust every week. There is three guys that I have in a group that I know, no matter what time of the day or night it is, they'll come to me. And I know there's more than that, okay? But in my group, we talk about things that I probably wouldn't share a whole lot anywhere else. I trust those people. Job 33, 14 says, For God speaks time and again, but a person may not notice it. And here's the bottom line. The more you're involved in growing and learning in Jesus Christ, guess what? The more you're going to grow and learn in Jesus Christ. How bad do you want Him? Do you want Him more than anything else in your life? If so, step three will be what we need to go to. Step three of spiritual growth says we grow when we develop spiritual habits. Now, I don't know about you, but this one hurt me the most. I can't overestimate the importance of good spiritual habits in your life. Your habits determine who you are. Any athletes in here? I, I know I watched you on T or the Facebook the other day. If you don't practice, you're not going to be any good. Hear me out. If you don't practice good habits because they determine who you are and who you are determines where you go in life. If you have good integrity and people talk good about your name, what they're really saying about you is that you're a pretty, pretty honest guy. You're habitually honest. <laughs> you tell the truth 99% of the time probably. Hear me this morning. Partial faithfulness is what? unfaithfulness you can't be partially faithful to God's word and be fully faithful partial obedience to God is what disobedience there's no straddling the fence here when we seek him we have to go after him with our whole heart 
I love John 13, verse 17. I didn't realize the magnitude of it until I studied this week. Jesus said, if you know these things, what we're talking about, these spiritual habits, you are blessed if you do them. Jesus says you're blessed if you practice these good things. He never said that you are blessed if you know the good things. I know plenty of people can quote the Bible way better than I can. Let's do the little things. Let's call and check on people. We get God's blessing when we practice the right things, and we develop those through practice and repetition. we got some ball players in here, okay? I'll never forget my coach when uh, we were growing up. Coach Sizemore, I hope he's not tuned in here this morning. I'm going to call him out. We lost a few games by free throws. How many people have seen that, right? You know what we did all next practice? Free throws. And when you didn't make it, guess what we did? We ran. Yeah. Kind of like God. If you don't seek after him with your whole heart, what do you expect you're going to get? He's a loving God. But I love my wife, and I hope that she would aim to please me and me please her. It's the same with our God. I'm hoping that you understand that for the next six weeks, we have to develop this habit of going to God for a little bit of time a day. Studies show that you have to do it for six weeks every day. You can't miss a day. Six weeks. And you'll have a habit. You'll have a habit. A good habit. We've all had bad habits, right? You did that bad habit every day, right? <laughs> Let's turn that page. Let's turn that page and make a habit for God here. This means we've got to study. We've got to pray. We've got to seek after Him. If you want to become spiritually stronger... Get in the spiritual weight room. Get on the spiritual basketball court. Get on the spiritual baseball field. You've got to get in the book. You've got to pray. There's not a shadow of doubt that you'll see a blessing in your life. I'll just be honest with you. This week, uh, I've seen a miracle. <laughs> I can't even tell you about it. But I've seen a miracle. Something that they told us could never happen. <laughs> and I know God's got a plan. It didn't work out. I don't think as I would want it to, but I've seen a miracle. And I know God wants all of us to see that. The Bible tells us that we'll be ready for more if we seek after God. Hebrews 5, chapter 14, or I'm sorry, chapter 5, verse 14 says, But solid food is for the mature. For those whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil. You know why we make bad choices in our life? We come to a crossroad. <laughs> and we don't know what to do. Because that scripture isn't ingrained in our mind. As I was studying this week, I come across um, uh, the FBI. You know, we don't really like to talk about that sometimes. But the FBI... When they specialize in counterfeit money, you know what they never do? Look at counterfeit money. They only study the real truth of money. They never see a counterfeit bill until somebody tries to trick them. What's that say about our faith? 
you start watching the news and getting that counterfeit stuff, that's what you're going to let in your heart. But if you study the Word of God, amen, you'll know it when it comes. You'll know the truth. You want to make a change? You seek God. You trust God. Don't listen to what the world's got as counterfeit. It's not true. It's not true. We got to develop good habits, folks. We got to seek after them. the best athletes in the world, the Olympians. I mean, they're the best. They are. Why are they the best? They do things other people will not do. They make sacrifices. They're willing to get up when everybody else is tired. They're willing to stay up late when everybody else is tired. They're willing to skip lunch if that means go run a 100-meter a, a dash, whatever it is. They're willing to give it all for God's gift to make them the best that they can be. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25 says, Now everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. However, they do it to receive a crown that will fade away. Hmm. But we, amen, a crown will receive that will never fade away. Olympians are everyday people. Sure, they got a gift. But I tell you what they do. They develop good habits to use God's gift for their life. Nobody just wakes up and becomes an Olympian athlete. They work for it. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a gold medalist for Jesus. Amen? When I see that well done, my good and faithful servant, I picture myself getting that gold medal medallion right on my neck, <laughs> standing on the platform. Except my platform's not one, two, and three. My platform's at the right hand of God. That's what Scripture tells me. It's at the right hand of the Lord. I have nowhere else I'd rather be. Sorry if we go over a little bit this morning. Step four, we grow when we help each other. I'm going to say that one more time. We grow when we help each other. Amen. I, I mean myself. Acts chapter 2, verse 46 through 47. Listen to this scripture, please, this morning. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with a joyful and humble attitude, praising God and having favor with all the people. And every day, the Lord added to them those who were being saved. That's what I want Rock House Baptist Church to look like. Amen? Amen. I want anybody to be able to call on me, not necessarily as their pastor, but as their brother in Christ. Every day, the Bible says, they were added Believers were added. They ate together. They checked on each other, just like Brother Kyle was talking about. Think about people and not herself. I used to tell Riley all the time, P24, P24. What's that mean? Philippians 2.4. Look it up. Philippians 2.4. Please search that when you get home. This is how important the Word of God is. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 says, This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth, you are to recite it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Folks, this book right here, whatever I've done with it, is your owner's 
manual for life. You want to know the secret? <laughs> I've got it in my hand. Amen? I've got it right here. You can't accomplish nothing without it. You are nothing without it. You'll be nothing without it. And I'll just go ahead and tell you. <laughs> without Christ, we're lost. We ain't got a chance. Tell somebody that. Tell them in a loving way. We talked about that in Sunday school this morning. With gentleness, care, compassion. This is what Paul said when he, when he was writing to the Romans in chapter 1. He says, For I want very much to see you, so I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. You mean this guy's in jail and he's getting beat and he's being talked about and slandered all over their Facebook back in the day and he's being treated terrible? And he says, I, so I may impart to you a spiritual gift to strengthen you. To strengthen you so that to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Would you agree that we need each other now probably more than ever in our life? Would you agree to that? I know I do. <laughs> I need you now more than ever. I need Lois. I need Nikki. I need Greg. I need Brad. And the list goes on. Mountain man, running man, I need everybody here. I don't know who running man is. I guess that's me. <laughs> I need everybody here. So let's re recap this. Spend time with God. And please join a D group or a small group or call me and we'll meet. I don't care. Wednesday night I had a good time. Didn't you all? Mac, didn't you? There was about five of us here. And the Holy Spirit was moving. Five guys standing there confiding in each other, pouring in each other's heart, pouring out your heart to somebody else, saying, hey, I need prayer for this. <laughs> I'm struggling bad. <laughs> I need you. That's what Wednesday night was about. Step five, we grow when we expect to grow. <laughs> if you don't expect to be good, are you ever going to be good? I don't mean good as in... Walking in the light, I'm thinking more of athletics, I guess. you got to practice it to be good. you got to expect to be good at something. It's called the faith factor. Matthew chapter 9, verse 29 says this. This is powerful, you all. Let it be done according to your faith. What do you have on your heart this morning that you're wondering about? God said, let it be done what? According to your faith. What's that say about your faith this morning? God blesses you according to your faith. So I pray that we go home and we hit our knees sometime today and we pray, God, do something in my life that I could never imagine. Maybe there's an area in your life that you're struggling. You'll see a breakthrough if you'll turn it over to Him and really turn it over to Him, not pick it up. I know a God that will move heaven and earth when He sees His Kids, his children trust him when you give it all to him. Every time God moves, there's a miracle. Amen? Every time God moves, there's a miracle. So I'm going to challenge you for the next 40 days, you pray for a miracle. I, I see mine. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Step six, final step. We'll try to wrap it up soon. <laughs> I love you all. <laughs> I don't want you to go home. 
Unless you go home with me. 16 by 80, that's probably about five people per room right there. That's a, that's a lot of people. <laughs> On the word of God, Tony. <laughs> Step six, we grow and we commit to grow. So it goes back to the question, how bad do you really want it? I'm going to be blunt this morning, and I hate to end with something like this. But you can be as close to God as what? You want to be. You can be as close to God, hear me again, as you want to be. He puts zero limitations on how close we can be with Him. He says, I'll sit you at my right hand with my son. We must make a choice. We've got to develop these spiritual habits, folks. We've got to develop the spiritual habits. We're running a spiritual race right now. You don't know it, but you're either winning or you're losing. There's no in-between. I'm pretty good. I'm middle of the pack. Who wants to be average? <laughs> Nobody. I want to be the winner for Christ, the gold medalist for Christ. We must make a covenant with God. God, I'm going to do this. For the next 40 days, I'm going to seek you like you're going to get tired of me running after you, Lord. <laughs> you're going to get tired. <sighs> make a covenant to someone else that you'll pick them up. Brother Dan, I got you, buddy. Brother Brad, Matt, and it goes on. If you need me, I'm here. We've got to make a covenant to ourselves. You've got to want to grow in Christ. You have to want to grow in Christ. Let me tell you about a covenant that I had no clue about. And we make covenants all the time we don't know about. I just be honest, we don't know what we're doing. For example, when I asked my father-in-law, could I marry his daughter? That was an interesting covenant that I was walking in. If you could have been in that car ride, you would have thought, I don't want to go over that again with you, Mike. I love you. But I can guarantee you, us men, when we said I do, we had no clue what we were getting into. I can tell you that right now. I'll take one even further. When me and Stacy was praying for kids, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Still don't have a clue what I'm doing. I'm just holding on. <laughs> Loosely. <laughs> but let's make a covenant to grow closer to God. You don't have to know everything about this promise that you make with God. He'll show you. If you knew everything, you wouldn't need him. You wouldn't need him. However that looks like, however you're going to grow closer to him, I, I don't know. But I know if you'll seek after him, I know what he says. And as your pastor, here's my prayer for you all. As your spiritual coach, that's kind of what I am. You voted me that way. It's your fault. I don't want to see you waste your time. I don't want to see you wasting your time. I don't want to see you uh, running from God. I want to see you running into Him. A good coach will push you beyond what you can imagine. They won't let you settle. I can't let you settle. God didn't put me behind this little black stand with this little red note that said, we would see Jesus to not tell you the truth. You better search after him, and I'm here for you. Whether it's a, from the youngest to the oldest, I'm here for you. I don't know it all. There's a lot of people in here who knows way more about Scripture than I do. 
But God's preparing my heart, and I hope he's preparing yours for what's to come. I love what uh, Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 13 says. It's as simple as this. You will seek me and find me when you search for me, God says, with all your heart. You better go hard. You better go hard. If you want to make a change in this world, and what I mean is in one person's life, if everybody in here helped one more person get saved and know Jesus, that's enough. But why stop at one? Why stop at one? If you can minister to others, don't stop at one. We need these spiritual habits, folks. We're going to close with this. We've got to have these spiritual habits. Paul writes in his final chapter there in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, chapter 13. Paul says this, Finally, brothers, <laughs> finally, brothers, rejoice. That's what I'm telling you all. Turn your TVs off and open your Bibles. Rejoice. We have Jesus. As the song says, there's, what could I want more? <laughs> I don't want this old world. I want Jesus. Finally, rejoice. Become mature. Be encouraged of the same mind. In one accord, it says in Scripture elsewhere, be at peace in the love, or I'm sorry, in the God of love, and peace will be with you. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, so much. I lift up my hands to you, Father, knowing that in the next 40 days, there's not an inkling in my heart and my soul that you won't move, that tells me that you won't move for us, Lord. I pray that you move in our personal lives. I pray that you move in the world, in our nation, in our country. Father, I thought what a time to be on a spiritual 40-day campaign. When the world's caught up in all these other campaigns that when it comes right down to it, Father, it means a hill of beans. It means nothing. Here today and gone tomorrow. Father, may we focus on what's truly important. As you told Peter, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Lord, I pray that we seek after you with all of our heart. Lord, I pray that today is not the only day that we come to the spiritual fountain, Father. I pray that it's Monday morning at 6 a.m. I pray that it's Tuesday night at 7. Thursday at 6. Amen. Friday at 10. Father, I pray that we lean on you and realize that you are our fortress. Lord, you are our refuge. You are our rock. You protect us, Father. Lord, I love you and I thank you. If there's somebody here today, God, that doesn't know Jesus, Father, let them seek him. The Bible tells us that the Father will draw near. Lord, we want an abundant life. But we must practice these things that you taught us, what your word shows us. You tell us, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. The next thing is to love your neighbor as yourself.
We pray for these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Again, thank you for tuning in. You can also find us on Facebook.com by searching Rockhouse Baptist Church, or you can go to our website, rockhousebaptist.org. Thank you for listening.